Father, we praise you, we worship you. Father, as we go into your word, we thank you that the eyes of our understanding is enlightened. We will not go back the same. We thank you that your word is the truth and we are sanctified and separated by your truth. We thank you that today as we, as we go into your word, our thinking is sanctified. And Lord, we will not be hearers only, we will be doers of the word of God. And thank you that each one sitting here under my voice, I declare their good ground. And the word that is sown into their hearts is bearing fruit 30, 60, 100 fold in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So today, I mean, I would like to cover a very important topic, which is again, I believe, part of building the initial framework before we go into the foundational doctrines. Today, we have seen uh, that man is a three-part being. That the real person who we are is a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. Which part of us became born again? The spirit part. What With the spirit, we communicate to God. The purpose of spirit is to communicate to God and to, and to enforce that will of God on the earth. Now, a soul has two purposes. A soul includes our mind. That's where we think. The thoughts come. Our will. That means our ability to make decisions. Our intelligence. That means you hear something, you analyze. You think, is this right, this is wrong. If I do this, what will happen next? Your intelligence, your, then your emotions. Your emotions are how you express what you think. What you think is expressed through your emotions. Like we saw, I mean, the same words can be ex expressed in three different ways. So, your emotions are very important. Because sometimes an emotionless person is very difficult to communicate to. So, we need our emotions. And we, are, we also understood that we communicate to God with our spirit. But the decisions that we do, the actions that we do is all controlled by the soul, our mind. And we also saw that our soul is completely controlled by words. Everything about our mind, our soul, our emotions, our intelligence is all controlled by words. And we know that we live in a world that is voice created, voice controlled and voice activated. Everything around us is voice activated. Why? Because the whole world was created by, by voice, by the words of God. It's like that. Bible says the word of God is a two-edged sword. Two-edged. So, if we saw that the Greek word for two-edged means diastomos, which means two-mouthed. The first mouth is God's mouth. The second mouth is our mouth. God said it and gave it to us. But for that word to affect our life and bear fruit in our life and affect our world, it has to come out from our mouth. If it does not come out from our mouth, there is, it does not create what it is purposed to be. But we also know that the world system is trying to affect our thinking. Everything around us is trying to affect us. Everything. Right now we know, because right now, especially right now, we live in a, situ in, in a, in a generation which is completely information based. What is information? Just words. And everything is trying to 
to manipulate our thinking. They want to know everything about us. Why? So they can control us. Recently, the news came that Facebook has been collecting information about everyone. Everyone. Our phones, anytime you install an application, you have to give them control to the camera, control to the, to the, uh, to the phone, control to the voice recording, everything. So literally, right now, even as we are speaking, it, whatever we are talking, everybody's phone, is the, all our conversations are being recorded. You don't even know if the camera is active. They are collecting information about us. Why? So they can control us by words. They send targeted advertisement. You search for a, a shoe one day, next time any other site you go, it will be showing about shoes. It is called targeted advertisement. Because they know what we are looking for and they want to affect our thinking. They want, they want to control what we choose. We live in a society like that. Even our government is trying to manipulate our thinking by all kinds of media, by false propagations, by false media. They try to manipulate media. They control media. Why? So it can be, be pro-government. So that people will try to support the government instead of going against it. See, that's how it is. Everything is about our thoughts. What can control our thoughts? So today, we, we, we are going to look into what God has done to help us about these things. See, God knows we live in this kind of world. He put us here. We are not here by accident. We were not suddenly, I mean, you might have been a surprise for your parents, but you are not a surprise for God. God did not suddenly say, oh, she's pregnant. Now what should I do? No, He didn't say that. Bible says even... He knew us before we were put in our mother's womb. Right? He knew us. He formed us in the mother's womb. If Psalms 139 verse 13 says, His hands covered us in the womb. He formed us in our, in our innermost beings. He formed us. And He knows that we are living in a world like this. And He knows that by our own self, we will not make it. So Jesus came... <coughs> And gave us something. Let's look at that. Let's go to uh, John chapter 14. That's what we're going to learn about today. John chapter 14. We'll read from... Um, we know verse 14. Or we'll read from verse... Um, 12. We'll read from verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Look at that. Who said this? Who said this? Jesus said it. What did he say? He who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. How many of us here believe in Jesus? All of us. That means each one of us, right now, qualify for this thing. Yes or no? What Qualify for what? The works that Jesus did, we will do. And he did not stop there. He said, even greater works. He said, greater works. Greater works. He said, what I did, you will do even greater works. Because I go to my Father. Now that is, that is a point to be noted there. He said, why? 
Why are we able to do the same works Jesus did? He said, because I go to my Father. Look at that. Let's read that again. Um, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these he will do. Why? Because I go to my Father. And then what did he say? And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Look at that. He said, whatever you, uh, you ask in my name, I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. But now the question is, this scripture comes after the previous scripture. See, everything Jesus said and the order in which he said is relevant. It has a purpose for it. We're going to break this down. He said, whatever I did, you will do greater works. Why? Because he went to the Father. He went to the Father. Now that is the main topic of our subject here. He went to the Father for a purpose. Alright. He said, look at me. Now verse 16. And I will pray the Father. When will he pray the Father? After he goes to the Father. Alright. He said, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. What did he say? I will go to the Father and what will he do? He will pray to the Father, what? That he will give us a, a helper, a comforter. Alright? And that he may abide with you forever. Now who is he talking about? The Holy Spirit. Now the first thing, has Jesus gone to the Father? Yes, he is gone. So what has he sent us today? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And what did he say about the Holy Spirit? That he will abide with you forever. That means each one of us who have believed in the name of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. And He is never going to leave us. He is never going to leave us. He is going to abide with us forever. Now He has made His permanent residence in us. Are you seeing this? He has made His permanent residence in us. Each one of us. Alright, let's see that. Verse 17 says, He is called the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. See, he said, the world cannot receive. Who is the world? Anybody who is not born again. Anybody who does not believe in the name of Jesus, they are classified as world. We are different. We are different. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are from heaven. Jesus said, He will send the helper. He will be with us forever. And then He described it. He said, But you know Him. How? Why? Because He dwells where? With you and in you. Where is He now? He is with us and in us. So now the question is, Is He in you? 
Yes. Yes. Is he with you? Yes. That's one thing we should never forget. Each one of us, no matter where we are, even you can be in the bathroom, you can be anywhere, he is still with you. He is in you. He will never leave you. And the Bible calls him the helper. The Amplified, I like how the Amplified puts it. He is given seven names for it. He, for the Holy Spirit. Oops. Let me just. Um, sorry. said, I will give you another comforter and it's, it's got seven names. He's counselor, helper, comforter, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. All these are the meaning of that one word. That one word that is used there. Seven different work of the Holy Spirit. I'll repeat that. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, Strengthener, standby. So you can also put it like this. What do you receive from the counselor? Counsel. Counsel means good advice. What do you receive from the helper? Help. What do you receive from the strengthener? What do you receive? Um, what, what, what are the other names? The intercessor. Intercession. See, these are his different works. He is here where? With you and in you. We're going to look a little more about him. He's got, he's called the spirit of truth. Spirit, Jesus said he's called the spirit of truth. We're going to see the different works that he's doing. The spirit of truth. Now go to John chapter 16. Chapter 16. Then uh, let's read from verse... 12 or oh, we'll read from verse 6 mm, no yep sorry 7 it says nevertheless I tell you the truth it is expedient for you that I go away for if I go not away the comforter will not come unto you but if I depart I will send him unto you who said this Jesus, Jesus. he said it is expedient or it is advantageous or profitable now he is thinking about our profit. He said, it is good for you, advantageous for you, profitable for you that I go away. See, many people think, oh, if I was born when Jesus was here, it would have been nice. He is saying, Jesus is saying, it is good for you that I go away. Because if I go away, then I can send the helper to you. It is profitable for us. It is advantageous for us. It is beneficial for us. Why? So he can come with us. And then it says, um, now let's read verse 13 or verse 12. He said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. To whom is he saying this? The disciples. Listen to this first. Let's look at the context. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He said, I have many things to tell you. But you cannot bear them now. That means the things that Jesus wants to tell them, their mind could not take it. Why? Because are they born again then? No. 
they are not born again then. Their spirits are not still born again. They, what do they have now? Only the mind and the body. So now Jesus is saying, you are still not ready to receive greater revelation. I have many things to tell you. But when the spirit of truth will come, saying they, he will come, after, you get, after I go up, you, you, after my death, you will be born again, I will go up and then the spirit of this truth will come upon you. Then he will reveal things to you. He said, let's read that. Verse 13, Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth is come, what will he do? He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. So he is doing two things. Number one, he will guide you into all the truth and show you things to come. He will guide you into all the truth and show you things to come. See, many of us, first of all, want to know what are going to happen. What are the things to come? What about me? What about me? What is going to happen to me? Yes or no? Yes. See, you go to a prayer meeting, the first thing that you go there expecting is, let the prophet talk to me about my future. Most people go to prayer meetings or you, the moment you hear the word prophetic in a meeting, you run there. Why? Because you, you think that you are expecting that person to come and prophesy over you. Expecting him to tell you something about your future. Yeah, right or wrong? Yes. Most believers are like that. They want somebody to come and tell you about things to come. But that is not the right order. Each one of us, according to Jesus, have been given the Holy Spirit. And He is there in us and with us. And he, His job is helper, counselor, comforter, intercessor, advocate, standby. So that means, and His job also includes, first thing, guide us into all the truth. What is the truth? His word is the truth. John 17, 17. It says, His word is the truth. So the first job of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into the word of God. To open the word of God for us. And after that, with the revelation and understanding that we get from the word of God, He will guide, show us things to come. Because otherwise, what's the difference between, between a Christian and another uh, uh, person on the, or, or in the street who is going to a palm reader or a pujari or a, a, a tantric to know the future. What's the difference? What's the difference? The first reason why we have the Holy Spirit is so that He will guide us into the truth, which is the Word of God. He will help us understand the Word of God. Even right now, as I am speaking, the Holy Spirit is working in each person here. He is working. He is linking things in your mind. Things that you went through. Suddenly as I am speaking, some of the things that you experienced, some of those things, it suddenly light will come. Ah, that thing, it happened there. Yes, yes. See, things will, He is guiding you. He is showing light into your situation. He is throwing light into your understanding. In a dark room, one small matchstick will, can be seen from every corner, right? If the, if the power goes, one matchstick you light, in all the corners people can see. Yes or no? Yes. That one small 
beam of light can be seen by everyone. Same way most of us our understanding was in darkness. We did not understand many things about the word of God. And before I got born again, I read the Bible, ah, this is not for me, I do not understand the thing. I will just close and I will just keep. Now I grew up in a Christian house, namesake. We had the Bible from, from the time I was a small child, I am seeing the Bible. They made me read the Bible, but I never understood anything. It did not make any sense to me. It did not make any sense to me. I would just read it to show other people, make everybody else happy and close it. And they used to uh, scare me saying, if you don't read the Bible, God will be angry with you. I said, oh, okay. Now family is angry, God is also angry. <laughs> so I'll just read. Just to satisfy them, not for my sake. Personally, it didn't make any sense to me. Why? Because I did not have revelation. But now we are born again. We have the Holy Spirit inside us. He is going to guide us into all the truth. And by the revelation and understanding we get from the word of God, He will guide us and show us things to come. That's the way God designed it to be. Why? Because the word of God is God's thoughts. Yes or no? God's thoughts. And He said, my thoughts for you. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. God's thoughts is God's word. So the first thing that we need to do is understand God's word and understand his thoughts. And then you will see what thoughts God has for our future. Are you getting this? We, most of us want to go to the end of the book. It's like certain, if you have read um, suspense stories. Suspense stories. Many times it's just getting suspense is too much. You go to the back of the book and read the story, read the ending. Said, ah, this is the guy. See, that's what all of us want. But that's not the way God designed it. We we understand His thoughts through His words, and through that understanding, we will know things to come. That's the way God designed it to be. Why? Because when our thinking and His thinking matches then we will be able to fulfill the full plan of God. That's the way God designed it to be. So, one thing that we need to understand, as children of God, the Spirit of God is in us. Go to Isaiah chapter 11. We'll see the di some different names of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 11. It's interesting. This is one thing that I confess almost every day. When I'm riding the bike, when I'm walking, this is one thing that I, talk, that I, that I confess every day about myself. It says, <clears throat> it's talking about Jesus. Isaiah 11 verse 2. It's talking about Jesus. It said, and the spirit of the Lord <clears throat> shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding of the fear of the Lord. I'll read it again. Look at that carefully. The spirit of <clears throat> wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, 
the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And what does he do? Make you of quick understanding. See, this is talking about Jesus. Today, as he is, so are we in this world. Yes or no? And if the spirit of the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, did this to Jesus, he is doing it to us also. So what is he? Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Spirit of counsel, that means good advice, and might, power, strength. And spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. It's very important to understand this. These are the, this, this is the names of the Holy Spirit. And he, one thing that He will do is He will make you of quick understanding. See, if you have to learn something new, if you have to acquire a new skill, I declare this. See, I worked in IT industry for 16 years and every time things are getting new, new, new technologies are coming in. So I would say, when something new comes up and when you look at it for the first time, how this is too much, how will I understand this? I declare this. A spirit of... I have the spirit of the Lord upon me, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. He is making me of quick understanding. That means he is helping my, he is helping my understanding. That, so what happens is many times I look through it, suddenly it will just make sense to me. Because no matter whatever man can invent, Holy Spirit is greater. God is smarter. And he invented it because God gave him wisdom. And when we have the spirit of wisdom upon us, can't we understand it? Yes. yes. That's the benefit of having the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is the world comes up with, it will not be difficult for us. If we have to learn something new, the spirit of wisdom and understanding is there. He will make us of quick understanding. See, I had, I, there were many times when I had just one day to learn a new technology and re-deliver re, re it. I had to teach new people. So, many times the other trainers say, no, it's not possible. We need at least one week. We need to do this, do, do that. I'll say, alright, let me try. Then I go through it. The whole thing makes sense to me. And I just start teaching others. And they said, how did you learn this? I said, praise God. See, it's not our capability. You should understand that. I'm not taking the glory. It is the Spirit of God who quickens our understanding. We have nothing to boast about. It's His Spirit who is helping us. See, so what do, we, what do we do? We receive help from the Helper. I say, Holy Spirit, you have to help me in this. I can't do this by myself. I can't do this by myself. So I receive help from the Helper. Sometimes when the pressure, job pressure, family pressure, financial pressure, uh, children pressure, everything comes upon us. You like, I, I say, Holy Spirit, you are my comforter. Help me. So you receive comfort from the comforter. When you don't know what to do, you go to the counselor and say, give me good advice. Holy Spirit. You receive counseling from the counselor. Are you understanding this? See, this, this, is, this is what happens. Sometimes, when you are working with authority, who are also believers, alright, and when there is a misunderstanding, you need to clarify things. So, what, the person you are working for, he is also a believer. Does he have the Holy Spirit? Yes. yes. I am also a believer, I have the Holy Spirit. So, instead of trying to argue with authority, what do you do? You say, Holy Spirit, you are my advocate. 
you speak on my behalf. So the Holy Spirit will work. When there is misunderstanding between husband and wife, both are believers. The husband has the Holy Spirit, wife also has the Holy Spirit. Yes or no? Yes. Same Holy Spirit, not a different person. Yes or no? So what do you do? Many times, naturally when we, when we talk, it is argument, it is not working out. I said, Holy Spirit, you are there inside her also. You work it out. <clears throat> you speak on my behalf. And if I have to hear something, you speak on her behalf to me. He's an advocate. Yes or no? See, as believers, we need to understand and utilize this. The benefit of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it is profitable, it is advantageous for you. Why is it advantageous? Because anything and everything that concerns us, concerns Him. And He knows in this world, which is twisted, everything wants to make our mind, our thinking also twisted. And with that twisted thinking, twisted mind, if you try to do and fulfill the plan of God, it will not work. We need help. He knows. We are His children. He will not leave us without a helper. So He gave us His own Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was there in creation, creating the universe. In Genesis 1. It's the same Holy Spirit. Not a different Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that Jesus was baptized with. It's the same Holy Spirit that we have with us today. Not a different one. Where is He today? With us and in us. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 verse 13. I like this scripture. It's a very powerful scripture. Sometimes you read it, you read it quickly, you will not get it. I'll read it again. I'll read it for you. It says, In whom, it's talking about Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Look at that. There is a sequence of events listed there. Very important. Look at that. In whom you trusted. Who is it talking about? Jesus. When did you trust? After you heard the word of truth. Right? And what is the word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. Right or wrong? You heard the gospel, which is the word of truth. Who is the word? Jesus is the word that became flesh. Right? You heard and you believed. Correct? And then what happened? In whom also, after you believed, look at that. You believed in Jesus. After you believed, what happened? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is sealed? You. Sealed. That means you are sealed. You are marked. You are sealed. That seal nobody else can break. It's a seal that God has put upon us. When? After you believe. Do we all believe? Yes. We all believed and called on the name of Jesus. The moment we believed, what happened? Shut. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are sealed with Him. You, you like it or not, we are sealed with Him. There is nothing that we can do to separate Him from us. 
There is nothing that we can do to separate him from us. I know, somebody, somebody here is thinking, so what about grieving the Holy Spirit? What about the unpardonable sin? I, I just heard it, it just popped upon me. Somebody was thinking about that right now. Do you know that most of us don't even qualify for it? Most of us don't qualify for it. Some preachers who don't know the word, they try to put condemnation on people saying, you did the unpardonable sin, you grieved the Holy Spirit. No. We can't do that. Read Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 6. That was not part of my message, but because you asked it, I'll tell you. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 4, we'll read. It says, It is impossible for those who were once enlightened, who have tasted of the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and they have tasted the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come, if they fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. Look at that. It is talking about those people who cannot, uh, they are born again, but they have done something after which they cannot get back into fellowship with God. The best part about this is, what I love about this is, all of us don't qualify for it. Why? Look at that carefully. The qualification for you to lose your salvation. The qualification for you to lose your salvation. Look at this. Taste number one. It, it says, you were once enlightened. That means, you heard the good news, the gospel, you got saved. And then, you tasted the heavenly gift, that is Jesus. You were partakers of the Holy Spirit. You were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Alright? And you were used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Alright? And then, tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. That means, any person who is just born again, he did something mistake, he is not attending a good church, he does not know the word of God. Such person, he does some foolishness. You can't say, oh, you, lo you lost your salvation. The condition, there is a lot of qualification here. It is, number one, you are born again, you, you receive Jesus, you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you were used um, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit mightily, and then you know and you are teaching the word of God. See, tasted the good word of the word of God and tasted the powers of the world to come. See, that is a completely different thing altogether. The powers of the world to come. That means, right now, in this life, God used you in such a way that you, you, you were used in, in miracles and things that, how do I explain this? That comes after Jesus' Jesus' second coming. You experience that kind of life right now. It's a big qualification. None of us here qualify for that. Only those people who were used like that, when they reject the Holy Spirit, when they say, no, now I don't want Jesus, only such people will lose their salvation. 
God loves us so much, He made it very difficult for you to lose your salvation. So if somebody comes and tells you, oh you did the unpardonable sin, you, are, you have lost your salvation, just slap him right away. Say, you have no idea what you are talking about. God's qualification to lose salvation is very high. Very high. There are very few people that I know who even qualify for this. Only I mean, people like Anna. I mean, God is using him mightily. If Anna rejects the Holy Spirit, then it's a different story. Yes or no? God is using Anna mightily. Many other men of God used mightily. Those people whom God has used mightily in miracles, signs, wonders, gift, if such people, they, if they reject God, then it is difficult for them to get back into repentance. That is the condition. For normal people who are still trying to find out what the will of God is, who don't know what the word of God is, such people, if you go and tell them you did the unpardonable sin, that is foolishness. That is foolishness. People, Jesus said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. God's people. Why are they perishing? Because they don't know what the word of God says. That's why we need to teach the word of God. When we teach them the word of God, they will understand who they are in Christ and then they will start behaving like that. If they don't know, they commit a blunder, it's their lack of knowledge. It's their ignorance that made them do that thing. So you can't blame them. See, our God is so good. As believers, if we do something wrong, all we have to do is, Lord, I'm sorry, I messed up. And the Bible says he is quick to forgive and forget. Immediately. Sin is not a problem with God. He already covered it. So, rest assured, all of you here, you don't qualify for the unpardonable sin. Alright? We have a long way to go. Will God use each one of us mightily? Yes! He will use each one of us mightily. For that, we submit to the word of God. Submit to the Holy Spirit. That's what we are trying to be. So that's what we are also learning here. How to submit to the word of God. How to listen to the Holy Spirit. It's very important. So, we will cover a lot of this when we are doing the foundations. So this is not part of my topic. So we are learning about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. So the number one thing we need to know is, each one of us, the moment we call on the name of Jesus, we believe, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's a seal that God has made. Man cannot break it. You are sealed. You should know. I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. That join, that seal, nobody can break now. Nobody can break. The Holy Spirit is with you. Like it or not, you, you are a believer, Holy Spirit is there with you, in you. Your spirit is sealed with the Holy Spirit. Your spirit has a permanent companion, a permanent roommate. That's the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Romans 8, 11. What does it say? 
where is the holy spirit now it says but if the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwell in you look at that what is the description of the holy spirit here the same spirit that raised up jesus from the dead where is he now in you not a junior holy spirit not made in china holy spirit the same holy spirit that raised up jesus from the dead that same holy spirit he is in you now what does he do he that raised up christ from the dead shall also give life to your body see our body where is he in our body in us now if the same spirit that can raise jesus that means from the dead body was dead if he can give life to jesus body can't he give life to our body huh can't he give life and strength to our body our mort it says mortal body yes or no mortal body that means a body that can be destroyed he will give life he has a purpose he has a work to do he will give life to our mortal bodies so if the doctor's report says you have just a few days to live you will you this your your story is over call your family everybody say bye bye your doctor can say that but you can take god's report the same holy spirit that raised up jesus from the dead he is in me and he is giving life to my body see the first thing we need to understand is we are not made to die our bodies are made to be eternal it's a very important thing adam was not made for dying adam was made to live forever so when did the body start dying when adam sinned when adam sinned god did something in genesis chapter 3 it says curse is the ground the earth for your sake curse is the ground where did our body come from the ground so what is causing our body to decay and die it's a curse it's a curse so that's why scientists and medical science till today cannot find out why we age scientifically we are not supposed to age our cells keep regenerating they keep rebuilding back our cells have all the potential in it to keep regenerating so we are not supposed to age but why are, why is it happening it's a curse so we can actually use the holy spirit to give life to our body we can live long and live strong you might be 80 years old i'll show you one scripture if they go to joshua joshua chapter 14 verse 7 let's read that i want to show you that this is very important i hope that's the same scripture joshua chapter 14 okay yeah joshua chapter 14 verse 7 caleb is speaking here you know remember caleb caleb yeah joshua and caleb all right he is saying 40 years old i was when moses the servant of the lord 
sent me from Kadesh Barnia to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Alright. Um, how old was he when Moses sent him? 40 years old. Alright. Now it says, um, verse 10. Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he had said, these 45 years since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while the children of uh, Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, this day I am 85 years old. So, he said, now I am 85 years old. Now look at the rest. Verse 11 says, As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so is my strength now. That means he is 85 years old. He's saying, I'm as strong as I was when I was 40 years old. That means we still have hope. None of us have reached 85 yet. That means we can believe God to be as strong as we were then. We can believe God. Our strength will return. See, if they can do this in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit did not live in them, how much more can we do today with the Holy Spirit inside us? Are you understanding this? If Caleb can do this in the Old Testament, we can do better in the New Testament. We can do better. I strongly believe this. Bible says in another place it says in Exodus it says Moses was 120 years old and his eyesight was not dim. So how much more can we do with the Holy Spirit inside us who can give life to our body? See they did not have the Holy Spirit inside. But we have the Holy Spirit inside. And what is the speciality of the Holy Spirit? Give life. So if anything in your body if you find that it is dying say start speaking. The Holy Spirit is giving life to my body. You are having back pain, say, No, the Holy Spirit is giving life to my back. You are having problems in your joints, lifting your shoulders, say, The Holy Spirit is giving life to my shoulders, my joints. It's very powerful. What I am trying to do is help you receive help from the helper. Help you receive comfort from the comforter. Are you understanding this? This is very important. This is, this is part of our salvation. This is part of our salvation. There's a lot more I want to cover. So this week and next week, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. This is very important. So I want you to understand that today, as born-again believers, we have a permanent helper staying with us. Amen. He is a permanent roommate for our spirit. You can't stay away from him. He, Jesus himself said, it came out of his own mouth that he will be with you always. And the word said, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, if God sealed it, try your best, you cannot unseal it. You cannot break that seal. He sealed you with the Holy Spirit. The moment you called on the name of Jesus, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Come into my... The moment you say that the Holy Spirit came... He said, now, my new house. This is my residence. And he is the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Not a different one. Not a junior one. The same one. Amen. 
the same Holy Spirit. I mean, that's what I love about our God. He, he didn't make us inferior to Jesus. He made us the same like Jesus. Yes, Jesus is Lord. He's our Savior. But He wants each one of us to be representing Jesus. To walk like Jesus. To have the same things that Jesus had with us right now. See, let me ask a question. Very simple, logical question. If God is expecting us to do the same things that Jesus did, same things, I'm not going to greater things, let's stay with the same things. If God wants us to do the same things that Jesus did, is it fair for Him not to give us what Jesus had? You don't understand. If God wants us to, see, if, for example, if if you, you're having geometry exam, alright, two children are in the same class, they are going to do geometry exam and you send, one, one person is going with a geometry box, the other person is not going. Is it fair? The teacher is telling, no, only one of you, 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 only you can take the geometry box, the other person cannot. But the same test, is it fair? Whatever one person is getting, the other person also needs, right? To fulfill that, uh, that test, to pass that test, if he needs a geometry box, he needs it. If one person needs it, the other person also needs. Same way, if Jesus had to do the work, he needed the Holy Spirit. For doing the same work, don't we need the same Holy Spirit? Yes or no? So what, remember this, remember this, let this be put in your heart so much, that if we are to be exactly like Jesus, God has given us everything that Jesus had. To do the same work Jesus did, whatever Jesus got, the same thing we got. And he said, you are supposed to do greater things. If he did not give us the same things Jesus had, is he a fair God? Is God a fair God? Is he a just God? Yes. No? He's a just God, right? He's a fair God. If he gave Jesus something and if he did not give it to us and saying, now you do the same work like Jesus, that's not fair. Yes or no? That's not fair. To do the same work that Jesus did, we need the same thing Jesus had. So we have the same Holy Spirit, <coughs> not a junior Holy Spirit. So today I believe you understood this. That each one of us have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. And he is called the spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. In the New Testament, in the book of Timothy he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind. See, all these are linked. Sound mind means what? Good understanding. Yes or no? If your understanding is correct, your thinking is correct. He is a spirit of sound mind. So what does he do? He makes our understanding quickens. So before your children, when your children are going for exams, for any test, if they have to, for going to school, you tell them, you have the spirit of understanding. You are born again. You are the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside you. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. He is making you of quick understanding. Our children... If our children are born again, yes, they have the same Holy Spirit. And our children will have more understanding than their teachers. That's what the Bible says. 
So we can expect these things. If in your workplace you have to learn something new, just say, Holy Spirit, help me. You're my helper. I need help. You make my understanding quick, fast. That means before anybody else understand, you can understand. Are you seeing this? And if you need healing in your body, just say, Holy Spirit, you're in me. You're the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Give life to my body. Give life to my joint. Give life to my back pain. Give life to my whatever it is that, it is that you have. Diabetes. Give life to your pancreas. Produce insulin. You don't have to take that insulin injection the whole time. Whatever organ is uh, and whatever hormones need to be produced in your body, you speak life to your body. It will produce it. If insulin production needs to be increased, you speak life to your organ. Say, no, I life to my pancreas, life to those organs. So insulin production is more naturally. The Spirit of God is giving life to my organs. You have to start speaking. You have to start speaking that. It's very important. And right now, as I'm here, I don't know who it is, but the Holy Spirit is telling me that somebody has, has got a problem in your reproductive system. Especially the ladies, I don't know, the uterus or whatever it is. Just speak life there. Whatever it is that you face, just speak life. Just say, Lord, life. Whatever it is. I, I, I see, I, in, I'm seeing the, the female, um, the big diagram of the, the female reproductive organs in front of me. I'm seeing it, the uterus and the fallopian tube. I'm just seeing it's right in front of my eyes. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Just speak life. Whoever it is, just take it. Say, I speak life to my reproductive system in the name of Jesus I break the power of the enemy over that over that over my organs I speak life I release life the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is giving life to my organs just declare it you can do it that's what God has given us all right I believe you received it let's pray